25 years ago, five industry leaders spearheaded the creation of the Design Build Institute of America. They came from very different places in their careers and in the industry, but they shared one important goal, to expand the use of Design Build nationwide. I'm Kim Wright with the Design Build Institute of America. DBIA's founding fathers were Design Build true believers at a time when many in the industry considered alternative delivery processes risky and a threat to the status quo. We're so excited that all five will be joining us in New Orleans at the Design Build Conference and Expo for a truly unique reunion where we'll talk about the past, how it's played out in the present, and their predictions for the future. Today, we're offering our listeners a sneak peek of that conversation by talking to Preston Haskell, the Haskell Company, Jim Gray, Lexington Mayor and formerly with Gray Construction, Don Warren, then with Suit Construction Company, and Rick Kunith, now retired from Panko. We'll start with the phone call and the two men who started it all, Preston Haskell and Jim Gray. The, the Haskell Company was practicing design build for a number of years, um, and we were indeed, I think, making good progress in selling the concept of design build to owners. And but it was still our efforts were rather isolated, and um, I knew that there were other firms who wanted to practice design build successfully and wanted to participate in making it a better process, a better understood process, and a um, better in terms of saleability to owners. And I had uh, been um, advocating the formation of a national association or as a practice section of, of either ASCE or AIA or AGC. And... Um, in my conversations with the leadership of the of AIA and AGC, um, in in the context of creating a practice section um, in, within their organization, they were generally receptive, but I ultimately decided that we needed an organization that was 100% devoted to design-build. And as a, and and the fact that AGC or AIA uh, were interested in creating a practice session, section for design-build, their primary motivation would be the delivery of a single element that is either architecture or construction, and that uh, truly integrated uh, practitioners um, would want a an organization, an industry organization that was entirely devoted to design-build. I was spending a lot of time then in Japan, uh, pitching business, pitching automotive suppliers especially, on their projects in the states in the in the U.S. and so in in Japan, the design build and the integrated approach 
single source responsibility is just the way of doing business. And so we became very familiar in our company with working with our Japanese customers, but we were perplexed that we were finding it still hard to sell and to pitch it to domestic, to U.S. customers. So that really was the inspiration. It was a function of frustration. The inspiration was a function of the frustration that we were experiencing. And so I I remember making a phone call to Preston Haskell and asking him if he felt the same sort of frustration. And we sort of collected our thoughts and said, well, why don't we talk about this a little bit more? And that was really when we, when we came together and, 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 and then, um, talked about it more and then brought others into the, and brought others into the conversation, which is always rewarding. Now, there was probably a, well, I wouldn't say a million ways to go, but you had a lot of choices. I mean, you, you've got uh, a small group um, who are together, obviously industry leaders already. You were already all very successful in your own right. You come together. There's probably a myriad of ways to go about how to address this goal that you had set for, you know, better improving um, the word of mouth and advocating for design build. Why a standalone organization? I would think that that would be um, almost feel like a bridge too far to create something that big out of nothing. Well, I know early on Preston was Preston Haskell was thinking that maybe the AGC or the AIA would embrace this as a perhaps as a as a attached practice group, and um, and we had conversations about that, but. I, I remember that Preston felt like, um, and others felt like that. At the end of the day, I felt like too that at the end of the day, it needed to be an independent, an independent organization advocating for the practice for the design bill practice. And you know, Preston was just a force of nature in this entire, uh, in the entire early days, uh, those early couple of years. He committed so much of his time and energy to this. It was uh, really just remarkable, and really, I tip my hat to him. Uh, Jim and I agreed to host a meeting in Washington to with um, leaders of the rather nascent design-build industry to discuss having a uh, or forming a national organization, and concurrently with those early efforts, I had uh, gotten in touch with Jeff Beard, uh, former executive director of DBIA, mm-hmm. yep. and uh, Jeff had written um, in the ASCE Journal a very good article called, the title of which was, Design Build in the Federal Sector, and so I read that with much interest and called Jeff, and we agreed to meet the next time I was in Washington. And indeed, um, we shared the same thoughts about the future of the industry. The small industry group invited to that first meeting in Washington in 1993 knew promoting design build would be a real challenge to the status quo. Rick Kunith, then with Panko Builders, said they knew what they were up against. This is a major change. There's large parts of the economy who are making a very good living doing something other than what you're proposing (laughs) and and are going to find any change, including one where maybe 
let's just say in the design profession, there's some fear of losing, you know, their traditional role or, or, you know, business model. It's scary stuff. So, you know, I guess it's not, it's to be anticipated that people don't simply look at the concept and see it for its value. What they're more likely to do is look at the concept and reflect it off their current business model and see whether this is good or bad for them. Um, and in a lot of cases, the people that were making that assessment were the practitioners, again, architects, engineers, other, you know, contractors, not in, in, in what I think Preston focused on. And I think the, hopefully I'd like to say the other founding uh, group as well is what's not best for us or, or any one provider constituency, but what's the best delivery system for our clients? Where are we going to get the best uh, the best results for them. And if you keep your eye on that ball, I think you can you can certainly see why momentum for design build built. Well, and it's interesting, too, that, you know, DBIA is, and the way you, it was created in 1993 and still is today, is unique in the sense that it's really not serving just one profession, one piece of a, of a design build team. We really do represent every one of those constituencies, which, you know, traditional large organizations that our industry has seen, they, they generally represent one piece of the pie. And so I think the fact that, you know, back then the way you guys imagined it and the way it's played out is, is maybe one of our strengths. I don't know if you realize that at the time, but I mean, did, was there a discussion about how do we represent all of these diverse professions in one organization? Well, there was definitely uh, recognition at the time because uh, if you, you may remember uh, that DBIA was really kind of the force behind the Federal Procurement uh, Reform Act, which authorized design build on the federal level. I think that was might have been 1996 when that got passed or something like that. But in any case, in order to get legislation passed, you need lots of voters, lots of members, lots of people calling congressmen in order to uh, show support as we approached the other professional organizations, all of the normal suspects, and obviously, you know, orders of magnitude bigger than DBIA in the early days, sure. what you found very quickly is that those organizations exist for very narrow purposes, which is their membership. And uh, getting everybody aligned behind a concept like this, um, where it was broadly beneficial to many constituencies was really new and I will tell you really hard work at the time. For Don Warren with Suit at the time, creating an inclusive organization that served every member of a design build team was a critical decision that set the course for future success. Well especially uh, the design side and engineering side was uh, certainly many of them, the majority, great majority of them were hesitant to accept design build. I think they saw it as a as a threat, uh, it was something they didn't understand. Uh, that really, it's a partnership. It's not that you ever, at least, the way DBIA and the way the founding fathers. And I think anybody that practices, we don't look at our design partners as uh, a subcontractor, subservient to the to the uh, design builder. I mean, it's a it's a team, and uh, I think. Uh, that was uh, one of those myths, industry myths you had to overcome, and uh, it's, it's still it's still a, a struggle out there with some 
I tell I tell designers and owners if you hadn't done design bill, you can't do design bill. I mean, it's hard to you have to really have the understanding and the mindset and be educated on how it works. And ultimately, the value of design build itself in delivering innovative on time and on budget projects simply couldn't be ignored, even though its success wasn't exactly the way Rick Kunith imagined back then. My belief at the time was that the better people understood the values of design build and, and the value that it brings uh, to project outcomes, that it would just kind of naturally happen and, you know, there'd be so much more opportunity and happy owners who have discovered this new and wonderful magical way of building. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and, and, And I was almost absolutely convinced that it would be entirely in the private sector. And, and the big surprise was that private sec advancing design build in the private sector was slow. And even to this day, not nearly as impactful as what happened in the public sector where it became an absolute tidal wave from zero to where it is today. And I, I just never anticipated that it was, it was that there were so many restrictions on, you know, procurement methodology in the, in the public sector that it was just, it was shocking how, uh, how much progress design build made. And yet when you look back on it, what you realize is that the people that were most interested in, in adopting design build were the people who were most dissatisfied with the status quo and, and where the most dissatisfaction was on project schedules, budget busts, fighting after the fact was really in the public sector where they were, they were, where their hands were tied and where they had to take, you know, uh, bidders who they'd prefer not to have to be working with, but you know, were otherwise forced to, to accept the low bidder. And I think on the private side, because they could already pre-select or work with people they wanted and didn't have as much restraints, they probably had better outcomes generally, right. and maybe were not quite as open to new delivery models. They were more satisfied than on the on the public side. And, and, you know, when I talk about it now, it seems pretty obvious, but at the time, that was a, wow, that was an eye-opener. For Preston Haskell and Don Warren, DBIA's early mission to advocate and educate industry on best practices laid the foundation for today's success. The DBIA has done a great job of several things. Number one is... Uh, publicizing design build, advocating design build, and uh, bringing uh, design build delivery to the attention of uh, owners and others. Um, at the same time, it 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 that's it's I think of it as having that as one of its two most important purposes, which is publicization of design build and advocating it in uh, the marketplace. And number two is best practices. And those are the two things that I worked on the hardest in the early years. Number one, publicizing. And number two, um, developing and implementing best practices. Because in those early years, you had a bunch of guys out there who claimed to be design builders. They uh, entered into 
so-called design bill contracts, and they did a poor job of it in the early days. There was a lot of design bill done wrong. DBIA has done a very good job of disseminating best practices. And if we don't do it right, then it's going to be very difficult to continue expansion of the market um, and the percentages of design bill. So the two are kind of interrelated. Number one, publicize and advocate. And number two, develop and disseminate best practices. If you do those two things, they will interact with one another, and design build will continue um, to grow, to capture a larger share of the market, and um, make design build almost the default method of delivery. I think DBIs just uh, great leaps and bounds have educated the industry from owners to designers to engineers to contractors and trade contractors that this is the way to go. The master builder approach is uh, the the right way. I, I remember Preston Haskell talking uh, about, I don't think the seven wonders of the world were built with uh, you know, an owner in one corner and a, a contractor in another and an architect in another and engineer in another corner and the lawyer sitting over in the side and, the, and it magically happened. It was a it was a complete team that built the pyramids or built uh, <laughs> the the, the, the garden, the hanging gardens or whatever the all yeah. the seven wonders. It was all uh, integrated effort and that's really uh still the right way to do it. In one sense, no, I did not envision what we are today. But on the other hand, I am certainly pleased with what has happened in the subsequent 25 years. And um, and I think that the leadership made the right decision to spread out and become a voice for several thousand members and um and it's it's been extremely successful in so doing um, but it is it is not what I would have imagined uh back in the early days so what's next for our industry? Here are Jim Gray and Rick Kunitz. I don't think we imagined the the um, the growth. Uh, the, the full potential um, and and how robust uh, a contributor to the industry, uh, to the profession and the industry that it is today. It's just really remarkable. And so, yeah, you sort of have to pinch yourself and get it get get it creates cold chills, a little bit goosebumps that it was a it was um, an idea whose time has come, it had come an idea whose time had come. And you know. I'm, I always, I always believe that ideas are the DNA of everything that's important. And in this case, it has, it has certainly matured. The ideas certainly matured to a point that it's a major contributor to our economy. Twenty-five years is a long time, and and I've and I've been on a, a couple of other panels where we've trying to look ahead ten years, and geez, even that's very difficult. I'd say that there's going to be some continued movement towards. Um, 
towards collaboration, towards integration. Some of it, I think, is going to be as a result of trying to take advantage of technology, uh, things like fully integrated BIM, for instance, Mm -hmm. where right now what we have, we've basically got BIM platforms and models that are are separate and unique for the structural engineers, separate for the architect, separate for the builder. We don't have full integration. We may have clash detection, but we don't have full integration. Well, if you're going to take advantage of those kinds of technologies that are really, really powerful, there's only one way to do it, and that is to get teams fully integrated, not only contractually, but fully integrated relative to the way that they're delivering uh, design documents and they're collaborating over solutions. So I think technology is very likely to further drive delivery systems like design-build, independent of all the other advantages of design-build, simply to be able to take advantage of, you know, the power of integration. Don Warren and Preston Haskell agree what was alternative 25 years ago will soon be the norm. We envision that design-build, this organization, will be the voice of the industry. And I think... The industry we were talking about was the voice of the design-build industry at that time in 93, and, and probably that's what we said. But now I think the opportunity is is uh, with 44% heading toward in the largest delivery uh, method in the design and, and construction industry, being design-build, we, we really have the opportunity to become the voice of the design and construction industry, the whole industry, and it's not just the design-build industry, but the whole, it is the right way to do it. And uh, I think there's an opportunity to, to really, truly be the, the voice of anything that's built or designed or engineered and needs to be constructed. Design-build has to be considered. In other words, you know, if you go back 25 years ago, design-build-build, was the default practice, and all of the government agencies and most of the owners, private sector owners, mm-hmm. uh, were uh, very much um, imbued with design, bid, build being the the default practice. I hope over the next ten to twenty years that design bill will capture sixty or seventy percent of the non-residential buildings market and that it will become the default delivery method. So those are my thoughts about the next 10 or 20 years. And Jim Gray sums it all up this way. That there's nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come and it was the right timing for it and so it has worked out very well. Very well indeed. We hope you'll join us in New Orleans November 7th through 9th for what promises to be one of the best design-build conference and expos in DBIA's history. Not only will we hear from these inspiring founding fathers in our Thursday general session, but we'll be marking our anniversary in a myriad of other ways. Go to dbia.org to register. Mm-hmm.